0: Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment, from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast, and give a review. This helps out the podcast, and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes! Hey everyone! What's up everyone? Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I am Jason. And hey, we're going to do some... uh... I don't know, I'm talking about some entertainment. Let's do it. Today. We've been on hiatus for the last uh, couple of shows or so. so For a minute, right? Isn't that what they say? uh, We've been gone for a minute. It's been longer than a minute. Well, that's that's the that's the slang, right? A minute, I've been gone a minute. I always right.
1: thought it was a New York
0: minute. Oh, well, really? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it might be a New York minute. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is a New York minute. Yeah, maybe.
1: potato, potato,
0: whatever. A, that was a long minute. I hate that, to live in New York.
1: I know, right? I've, like, never, well, I've never even been in New York, so I couldn't tell you. Well, me either. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. We're going All right. to New York. All <laughs> right <we> go. All right, guys.
0: <laughs> that's the show. Good night. We're yeah. out of here. Getting the first plane. No, hey. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, we're gonna we're gonna open the show with a little bit of sad news today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a crazy week. For for uh, celebrities that mm-hmm. have went to the big uh,
1: movie studio, TV studio in the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We we lost some some cultural icons this week. We sure did. Uh, and then some who may actually be lesser known, but still, their contributions in the world of film and entertainment are uh, not to be overlooked. Yes, yes.
0: Let's mm-hmm. start off with. From uh,
1: the original series, uh, Star Trek. Who yes. did we lose? Okay, so you guys know, I've said it many times before, I am a huge Star Trek fan. And we know that this past week we lost Nichelle Nichols, the yeah. great Nichelle Nichols. She played Lieutenant Ohura on the original series and reprised the character in the six films that were um, based on the original series cast. Yeah. Um, this one hit me really hard. Really? Uh, Did it? Not n- and not just because I'm a Star Trek fan, Eric. It hit me hard because Nichelle Nichols was really a symbol of cultural change in this country during mm. a time when change was made for all the right reasons. Not yeah. like it is now with woke society. That's when change was made for all the right reasons. So Nichols was obviously um One of the first was, I think, she was the first black woman to be cast in a major television series Mm. in a major part. And you know, when Gene Roddenberry cast her in the role of Uhura, he wasn't necessarily looking for someone who fit the physical traits, uh, because he had such a diverse crew for the Enterprise from different backgrounds. He was looking for somebody who could really personify what a strong woman should look like in in this future society that he mm. had created. And that's why he originally cast Nichelle Nichols, not because she was uh, American of African descent, but because she was a strong willed woman, but because she happened to be black, you know, it just tied into the civil rights movement. And of course, Star Trek aired from 66 to 69. I'll say
0: there's a lot of change. A lot of stuff was going on right back at then. the yeah. height of
1: the civil rights movement, that's the right. height of the Vietnam yeah. war. So She went through all of that. But, you know, Eric, one of the reasons why—actually, let me go back and kind of recant what I just said. One of the greatest stories she ever told that has stuck with me still to this day is she said that she was on the verge of leaving the original series after the first season. Really? Her contract was up in the air. Okay. And she really didn't know if she wanted to come back to it. And she went up to Gene Roddenberry one day and she said— uh, Jean I don't think I want to come back she was also trying to start a singing career as well mm. she wanted to start a Broadway career and she had a really beautiful singing voice as, as a matter she, of
0: fact I think she sang in, some, in one or two of the episodes right she, she sang in a few it. of the episodes yeah. she also
1: sang in Star Trek 5 the final frontier oh, as well there was yeah, a scene where she had a little dance and that's right thing. she was like yeah. luring the bad guys out right, or something right, right. exactly yeah, dressed yeah. in palm tree leaves or whatever she was on, right. high on a
0: mountain I remember yeah, and, yeah on yeah, a sand like, dude some or something of, yeah yeah sand dune. but
1: so yeah getting back to what i was saying so she told gene roddenberry that she was not going to come back for season two and he said mm. okay fine you do what your do what your heart tells you we'll find a replacement for you well shortly after she told roddenberry that she was going to leave she met dr martin luther king jr oh wow he had she met him at a uh, at a uh, convention at a um conference he was speaking uh in los angeles one time And he wanted to actually meet Nichelle Nichols because he and his family had watched Star Trek and they were fans of the show Mm. because of Nichelle Nichols. And I remember her saying that, and she said this in several interviews during her lifetime. She said that she told Dr. King that she was going to leave the series. And she didn't even get a chance to finish her explanation when he grabbed her on the wrist as tight as he could. And he said, you cannot leave that show. Oh, wow. And she said, why is that? And he said, you have no idea what you are doing for black people in this country. He said, you are not only on a major television series on a major television network, but you are portraying a main character. You're not a cook. You're not a janitor. You're not a a valet driver. You are portraying an officer who has important responsibilities on a popular science fiction TV show. He's a
0: role model, for sure. Right,
1: exactly, a role model. And he said, what you're doing may seem small to you, but you are helping us start this change. Mm. You are becoming part of the change, not only for for black people in the civil rights movement, but for women in general as well. Because we have to remember that there was a major feminine movement taking place during the 60s as well. Yes, yeah, The That's whole right. counterculture movement, they were part of that. And so Nichelle Nichols was so moved by the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. and his family were fans of that franchise and her, that changed her mind. And she went back to Gene Roddenberry the next day, <laughs> and right as she went to him and she said, Gene, I went back in, he was getting ready to recast the no role. No way. Getting ready to recast no the role. No way. He had just told the executives, wow. look, Michelle's leaving, we need to recast. But then she went to him the next day Oh my! and gosh. said, can I, ha- can I get back in? I need to stay on this series, and the rest is history. Suffice wow. to say,
0: and you know, and and yes. honestly, that meant, as far as you know, nobody knew how big mm-hmm. Star Trek was going to be. Right. So right. as <clears> as <throat> far as what uh, uh, Doctor King did for her yeah. career too, because right. it mm-hmm. was able to carry into these movies that went on yep. in the eighties <clears> and into the nineties. Right. You know, and be one of the most you know iconic mm-hmm. characters with the rest of the crew. Yeah. Um. So yeah. that that's that's an amazing story. Yeah. that
1: and, and you know, she 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 embodied a lot of the humility and grace and uh, elegance that her character portrayed. And she was, and you know, obviously I never met her. Um, i I did see her at a convention one time mm. several years ago. Oh, wow I heard her speak on one of the panels at a convention, mm. but she she always told that story because I think that story best encapsulates why I love Star Trek so much, one of the reasons why I love Star Trek so much, Mm -hmm. but it also encapsulates best what Star Trek is and always has been and what should be about. And that is the expression of cultural change through means of a popular entertainment platform to show that you can live in a society where there are no racial barriers, there are no social barriers, there's no social injustice. And it's much different than what we're experiencing today.
0: Well, and also she had, as far as I remember, I think, she had the first interracial kiss with she, Captain, Captain Kirk, Kirk on TV. That was the yep. first time that yep. they actually saw, uh-huh. you know, two people of different races, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, having uh, a kiss and mm-hmm. and so that that was another huge moment. But you know the thing yeah. about but the thing about that is that, you know, yes, we heard about it after and of course, you know, we came a long way after we're watching yeah, reruns we of this thing. Yeah. And um, I don't I didn't live through that time so I can't say, mm-hmm. but it's like st- that, that original show, I can just speak for the original show, what you're talking about as far as cultural change and stuff. They did it mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't thrown in your face. They yeah. just, it was part of the story. And it wasn't like, oh, you need to watch yeah. this show because this character is this and this character is that. No, yeah. it was just the show was there, everybody watched yeah. it. You know, and it spoke through the show. It didn't throw it in your face that you know you need to you need to watch it because of this and that. You know, we need to have these characters in there. So yeah, it it, that's one of the things that they when they broke the barrier, they didn't in in that kind of way, where it was really amazing. Mm -hmm. It was very, I guess, subtle. You know, but at the same time, you know, it it really spoke volumes Mm -hmm. to what was going on at the time.
1: And and she she was a big part of that. She wasn't one of my favorite characters. Actually, my favorite Star Trek character of all time. Oh, oh, you sure you want to give this give Wait, Mr. Spock, it's Spock. <laughs> yeah, but but I I I always respected Nichelle Nichols for why she did the show, why she stayed on the show, mm. and I you know one of her last I think one of her last interviews that she gave was a couple of months ago, but obviously before she passed, she gave an interview, um, and she said a quote that really kind of stuck out to me. She said. You know, if I am part, if I am really part of this enduring legacy of Star Trek, she said, I would hope that the society that's learning about freedom of rights in the wrong way today goes back and watches Star Trek wow. to see how it should be properly done. Wow! And she said, I'm glad Dr. King changed my mind because I was a part of that, and mm. I'm glad I was. And she. Again, she embodied so much of what the the franchise was about. But she had all this elegance, all this humility, and all of this um, well, class. She was just class and beauty as yeah, well. Class, she was exactly, a, a beautiful yeah. woman. So, yeah. Nichelle Nichols, um, rest in peace. May you boldly go. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, very good, man. Very well said. Yeah, very well said. Thank you. Hey, um, also along that, we also had we had actually a lot of people that yeah. that passed mm-hmm. this week. Um, Paul Servino. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. Him. He's one of those characters. You know, you know when you, uh, one of those, <laughs> yeah, those yeah. guys that when people say, uh, you know, he passed away. My first thought, when my wife told me that, my first thought was, didn't he already die? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> I, I, thought, know, I thought he
0: had already gone for some reason. He's one of those. <gasps> oh, but it's I, funny. He's I one of those guys that you think, wait a minute. I think he
1: already, didn't he already? So yeah, um, yeah. anyway, so yes, he played uh, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Be- he was best known for playing the character of Paul Cicero in the movie Goodfellas. Yes, also
0: Mira Savina's uh, Savino's father. Father. Yeah. Yes. You also
1: probably know him best as playing Phil Soretta in Law and Order. Uh, he was on. Hmm. He was in seasons uh, three and four. Didn't have a long stint on Law and Order. Uh, in fact, when he left, I think it was Jerry Orbach who took over for him from there. But he was also okay. in Law and Order, and he had also he had a really good stage career and. Star Trek connection to him, Eric. Yeah, he was in Star Trek: The Next Generation season six. He played Uh Worf's um he played Worf's brother because uh, Worf was adopted by a human family. He played Worf's yes. adopted brother in uh, season six of the Next I Generation.
0: Vaguely, I think I vaguely. I don't know if you're talking mm-hmm. me into it, but I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that he yep. was in there.
1: So he was in Star Trek. The That's next amazing. Generation yeah, one.
0: another so another Star Trek connection Star Trek here. Connection yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So yeah, so we lo- we did lose him. We lost yep. uh, Leave It to be there, uh, Beaver, Beaver. Uh, yep. Tony Dow. He played the older brother.
1: Yep. Um, oh gee, Wally.
0: Wally, yeah, Wally yeah, uh, yeah. Cleaver. Yeah, he and he was actually for our area here uh, where we live. Mm-hmm. He was actually a local celebrity. Yeah. Um, I I saw him as a matter of fact. I saw him at Home Depot one day. You saw him at Home Depot. I saw him at Home Depot one Get day, here. And, you know, I'm not the kind of guy. I don't like walking <laughs> up. I, I I'm not that kind of guy to walk up to people and say like oh, hey, you know, and I I just, I'm real shy like that. Right, right. And I don't want to bug people too, you know. Right, right, right. But yes, I did see him. He had, I remember he had this beautiful dog. I don't know why he had this Hmm. beautiful dog and and he was walking around Hmm. with with somebody and yeah, we, you know, as, as my wife and I were shopping in there and we'd kind of run into him in the different aisles, you know, and she's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a Tony Dow, you know? And I go, really? And yeah, it definitely was him. So yeah, it, it was amazing. So, so, he, so
1: he actually I, lived in Fresno here?
0: He, I'm not sure if it was in Fresno, but I know he had Fresno connections. Oh, okay. okay. I, I can't. I don't know too much about that. Got it. Okay. Um, but from what I hear, he was a real nice guy, real mm-hmm. generous, always was, you know? So he was He was just a, a... I think
1: he had a really good producing career, didn't he? Wasn't he a successful producer in television and films after he stopped acting?
0: I'm not sure. Does he, is he? I, I Did think he? he was. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I... I didn't do my
0: research. I was a bad boy. I probably should have. <laughs> I know. So but anyway he did he did uh, uh he did pass. Yeah. You know, the other one that is kinda not an uh, uh is not directly related into uh entertainment, but I think he was really an entertainer. Yeah. And I know you know a lot about him from the sports side, yeah, is Vin Scully. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, he he'd, he'd passed away and he oh, was yeah. what was he
1: 90? He was 94. 94. He was 94. So well, yeah, what some of you do not know about me aside from being a huge sci-fi pop culture nerd is that I'm also a sports fan. Big baseball fan, grew up with the game as a kid. I played it and grew up a huge LA Dodgers fan. Yeah. And there were several times where I sat on the floor as a boy listening to that transistor radio and listening to the dulcet tones of Vince Scully coming mm-hmm. to you live from Dodger Stadium with a beautiful cotton candy sky overhead. It's a beautiful night for Dodger baseball. Mm. Vince Scully, um, I cried, Eric. I'll be honest with you. I cried when I found out he passed because oh. he, he represented not only just for me, but for thousands of other fans. He represented part of my childhood that I actually can look back on with, with great fondness and say I enjoyed. What made Vince so unique was that he broadcast for the Dodgers for 67 years. Yeah, He did something that no broadcaster has ever done before, and that was span multi-generations. My grandfather listened to him. My father listened to him. Mm. I listened to him. <clears throat> he was not just a broadcaster. He was a storyteller. He was able to weave some interesting facts about the game, about the team into the broadcast while not compromising the integrity of the product that was on the field. He was very eloquent, he was very humble. He was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a broadcaster because of his dulcet tones and because of his ability to just I mean to just get up there and make it look so seamlessly uh, simple. And he was, and he did, uh,
0: the whole game by himself. He, he, he
1: did oh, He for a long time. He did the whole game by himself. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know his history, he started broadcasting for the Dodgers in 54. He took over for the legendary red barber, and uh, made the move with the Dodgers out here to L.A. in 1958. And, yeah, he did games for a long time, and then he was paired with a guy named Jerry Doggett. And then um, when Jerry Doggett left, uh, when he passed away, actually, then Don Drysdale, the former Dodger great pitcher, joined him in the booth as well. And, you know, the rest is, as they say, is history. But, um, and, and he also did, uh,
0: called golf. He, he also could, called some football. Football. He was, he was, yep. he's not just baseball. I mean, he, he was did, all over the place. Yeah.
1: Football fans, you probably remember him best calling the 1984 NFC Championship game Dwight Clark's the catch. The from, catch. Uh, from Joe yep. Montana at Candlestick yep. Park. Yeah. He did so much. And he really did so much for the LA community at large, mm. too. He was very philanthropic. He gave to a lot of charities, a lot of organizations. And yeah, just, uh, uh, really tough to lose him so that's all I'm going to say about that Um, and Vin... Enjoy that cotton candy in the sky, buddy. Oh. I'll toss a sombrero up there for well, you. Before we move on here, I got some facts. Let me see if you know some of these because you are oh spit them out. Yeah. You
0: are a Dodger. Uh, I am fanatic. I over
1: am. Here. Yeah, I'm even wearing my Dodger and, 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 Mike Piazza jersey. You know what? Days. It is
0: funny. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I did. I, maybe it was because I, I placed it in the subconscious mm. earlier when I said we might yeah. talk about him. So be ready. And then you are wearing your Dodger blue tonight. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Now I'm, I I will admit I. I have heard him. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. really listened I never unfortunately I never really listened to to mm-hmm. him <clears throat> okay. because I'm a Giants fan and that's fine. and um you know being on the Giants every time i I'd, I'd click over to a broadcast and I'd hear him like, oh man, where's the Giants? I want to hear the Giants broadcast right? Yeah. So I'd flip over and listen to my guys on the on the Giants side.
1: that's fine so, You're so used I, to Russ Ru I gotta, aren't I gotta you? tell you you know
0: <laughs> I did a little research after this because I knew we were gonna talk a little bit about it and I'm really sad uh, that I did not. Uh, I, I probably will go and listen to some of his, uh, you know, old announcer, uh, announcer game announced, uh, maybe on YouTube or something. You know, some yeah. some old, some old there, games there. that he announced uh, mm-hmm. because I never, uh, I never really did take the time and listen to him, and I'm really sad that I that I did now because of hearing all yeah. this stuff. And like I said, yeah. you know, he wasn't, just, and that's why we decided to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he people were saying, you know, he, he was a complete entertainer. He painted yep. the whole picture. Yeah and and he meant so much to everyone yeah. um because of that yeah. and so I'm, I'm i'm really i know i missed out i'm really sad but let me see if you know some All of right. these facts now All i, I will, yeah. okay so you did say he was uh, 67 years the voice of the Dodgers of the Dodgers yep. right mm-hmm. uh he, that means he broadcast over 9000 games mm-hmm. is that amazing that is um, extremely amazing he um oh and let's see he oh he was behind the mic for radio and tv yep. for 28 world series Yep, isn't that amazing? Twenty-eight. He also came uh, came across twenty no hitters he got to call. Wow. Yeah, and he had four perfect games he got to call. That's
1: right. Yeah,
0: isn't that crazy? That is. They they, they said he was a master of language, Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, he he started when he was twenty-two with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, At the time, too, at twenty-five years old, do you know what he was at twenty-five?
1: At twenty-five years old, uh, he had another
0: milestone. At that time.
1: I don't don't know if it's been topped, but let's see. At 25, I well, I know he was a graduate of Fordham University, but he had graduated way before he started broadcasting. At 25, he, um, I think he was the youngest person to call a World Series. You got it. That's what I thought. You got it. Oh, man. I bow to you. I bow to you. (laughs) Thank you. You are not worthy, Wayne. (laughs) You are not worthy. <laughs> you knocked that one out of the park. All right. I, I actually I, had to think about I, that
0: for a minute. Well, I tell you, I permit there. I was like, oh, I got him stumped. I got him stumped. He's not going to know. Never. Yep, youngest you, bro- you youngest broadcaster to call a World Series. You did it. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing I did not know. I wonder if you knew this. Um, in 1936, uh, Vince said that he adopted the Giants. He did. As his own team. Yes. I did not know that. I, I would have listened story. to him if I didn't known he was a Giants fan. I right? know the story behind that. Uh, yeah. Okay, what's the story? Tell us. So the
1: story was when he was a boy, um, he would um, during this was in 1920, I think 26 or 27, when the New York Giants played in the World Series, he would get out of school and he would walk by the polo grounds and okay. he would look through a little hole, a little knot hole in the outfield wall, yeah, yeah, to watch the games, okay. He grew up a huge fan of Mel Ott and the New York Giants, mm. and he was also a John McGraw fan.
0: And Mel Ott is for people out there.
1: Mel Ott is a pro baseball Hall of Famer. Uh, he played for the New York Giants. Uh, he has. I he think, was a. He was an outfielder, I believe, or an infielder. But okay. he, uh, yeah, baseball Hall of Fame has over three hundred and fifteen career home runs retired. Mm. Yeah, he's one of the greatest of all time. But yeah, Vin grew up a huge New York Giants fan, and um, if, which is why everyone found it kind of ironic that he ended up calling games for the Dodgers. But yeah, mm-hmm. he would go and watch watch the World Series through that little knot hole in the fence and that's what got him hooked on the Giants. Well,
0: now uh, uh, and you're talking about now, apparently too, what mm-hmm. what actually why he adopted the Giants, I guess, is because he said he uh, it was during the World Series game yes. when he mm-hmm. heard that the Giants or the Yankees, they were playing the Yankees. They were. The mm-hmm. Yankees had actually won 18 to 4 that day. Yep. And uh and that's when he decided to adopt the Giants because he felt so bad for them. <laughs> he felt
1: so bad, felt so bad that him. he became yeah. a
0: Giants fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to see that the Giants are doing the same kind of nonsense <laughs> this season that they've done all along. Right. right. You know, they, they're coming out of the gate. They're strong. And anyway, we won't talk right. sports, but anyway, yeah, 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 um, also though, the interesting thing, I don't know if you knew this, that, um, from that day, from that day, 80 years mm-hmm. later from October second uh, from that mm-hmm. day, that was <laughs> when he called his final game. Yep. So 80 years to the
1: day. That is amazing. October 2nd, 2016 was his final game. Yeah. And that was when the Dodgers uh clinched the National League West against the Colorado Rockies. Mm. I believe Charlie Culberson hit the uh walk-off uh game-winning two-run home run. Dodgers won that game 4 to 2, I believe it was, or wow. 6 to 4.
0: Amazing. Yep. Yeah. And he uh, uh also he said uh you know, when he was eight years old, that's one of the things that pulled him into broadcasting is mm-hmm. when he was eight, uh, he said he would listen to the games on the radio and, it would, and he said he would get his ear right next to it because it wasn't mm-hmm. the announcing so much, but it was the way that the crowd was reacting and it just yeah. pulled him in and he knew that that's what he wanted to do. Yep. Um, also, did you know that uh, uh, 1964, there was a team that tried to pull him away from the Dodgers? Do you know who that was?
1: I think that team that tried to pull him away was the San Francisco Giants. wasn't Wrong. It? Oh, oh, okay, I got one wrong. Oh, man, all right. I had so in, much in, faith. In, in, in. I had Sorry. so much faith, man. You were going to be there. It was the Yankees.
0: The Yankees, okay. The Yankees okay. wanted to pull him, uh, pull him away. And going back to his last game that he announced, guess where that was?
1: Last game that he announced was at Dodger Stadium. Right? No,
0: it's in, in San Francisco it says.
1: Oh, that's right it was. I'm sorry. It was I, in San you're Francisco. Right, it was in San Francisco. Yeah. My bad. My bad. So
0: so anyway, that was kind of interesting how uh, how everything kind of came full circle. Uh, for him so yeah
1: yeah and actually you know, since his final game was in san francisco that wouldn't be his because i mentioned i think just a few seconds ago that um the final game that he called was against the rockies so that would technically be incorrect sorry folks my bad <laughs> oh well you can't win them all yeah yeah but, but anyway so yeah anyway to vince scully rest in peace uh he will be missed and there's there's never going to be another one like him yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I I like I said I'll go back. I, I need to listen to that. It's a shame, but uh, that I missed him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um you know, moving on here, we are gonna talk a little bit of entertainment before we go. We just got of a course. few more minutes here. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um I wanna talk about, you know, Andor. Uh, is coming out. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um now I did not know this till somebody, a friend of mine told me and he's like, Hey, do you hear everybody's all upset about Andor? And I go, mm-hmm. upset about Andor? Why yeah. is that? Well, um, apparently, not only has Andor moved the premiere from... It's supposed to premiere August 31st, right? And then now they're September 21st. The difference is that they're going to do a three-episode three, uh, premiere instead of just a two, right? So that's kind of the... They're trying to give people a little bit of uh, extra chum there. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. we're giving you three episodes <laughs> instead of two. People are mad about that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because if you watch a trailer, you see a guy... And, I mean, and there's no way of disguising this. He's carrying an AK-47 gun in the trailer. Now, let me ask you. Yes. What the heck is up with that? Come on.
1: That is not very futuristic. <laughs> Shame on you, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. You know better than that. What,
0: what is going on with it? Now, listen, I, you know, I've, watched, I've watched all these series that have come out. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. watched the movies. Yes. I've never mm-hmm. in my life seen a gun shoot a bullet Neither out of there. Are. It's always laser bolts yep. coming out of these guns. Yep. And I don't care how primitive your society is, unless uh-huh. this is, we're talking about Earth. Maybe they're talking about Earth and on Andor, but unless they're talking <laughs> about Earth, there's no way that anybody should have
1: an ak an AK forty seven. Am I right? You are correct. My best guess, Eric, is that it was just one of those film mishaps that they forgot to cut out in the editing room but, but uh, I, mean, yes, I don't know
0: i mean come on an ak47 i mean they, okay, okay listen yeah. star wars yes and all these all these sci-fi shows they're all very notorious for using guns now yes. i have seen other shows use futuristic guns like guns <laughs> that maybe came out two or three or uh, years later on the market. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I have seen that. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, I remember that gun from that TV show where it was supposed to be in the future. Okay, yeah. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But using an old gun like this that everybody recognizes and knows mm-hmm. without any type, I mean, they've taken guns and they've put, you know, they've glued this and glued that and made them look futuristic. Yeah. That's fine but an actual AK-47 I mean this guy if if you guys want to go and watch a trailer the guy is literally carrying. you can tell an AK-47 there's no question about it
1: yeah I actually had to go back and watch the trailer again because I missed it the first time because I was just watching the whole thing in general and I wasn't looking for some of the the finer nuances that you would normally look for in in movie teasers I mean I can see how you can miss it you
0: know you're just you're trying to watch you're just watching it's
1: like okay you know but then when they when that when
0: it was pointed out to me and I Mm -hmm. and I watch that thing I'm like you have and then now I can't unsee this thing it's I know. like
1: so it, is it kind of worry you about the series a little bit well what concerns me about it is that there is that they might potentially um, they might potentially steer away from the creative elements that make Star Wars so unique, you know, mm-hmm. like like the futuristic weapons and stuff like that. Or yeah, um, I, you know, I, I, for me, I'm just gonna chalk it up to hopefully being just an editorial mishap. Again, call somebody me, just screwed up. Somebody just screwed up. Call me gullible. Call me naive as well. Whatever. But yeah, okay. I, I, totally get that though. I mean, I get where you're coming from because that I'm just like when I saw it, I'm like, hey, w- wait, wait a minute. That that's not a Star Wars. Yeah. Blaster, <laughs> yeah, it's not a Star Wars. So, Blaster. so does that mean when I go to
0: Galaxy's Edge, uh, uh-huh. Disneyland, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to buy an AK-47 uh, replica from the series Andor? Now
1: you'll be able to do one better, <laughs> Eric. You can build your own. <laughs> I could do a 3D. Print. Yeah, <laughs> I could
0: I could go down to I, yeah, I could go to Target and buy one. You know, right? A, exactly, you know, plastic one. Right? From, exactly. Uh, GI Joe or something. You
1: know, it's stuff like that that makes us Star Wars fans just see Man, I mean, we see stuff like it's, that. It's unacceptable. Attention to, right? Attention to detail. It's unacceptable. You know, it's like so either. Either they either their prop budget ran dry and they just had to say, Screw it, we'll just it's a teaser anyway, let's just get them out there with some kind of weapon, yeah. Or they really did just not pay attention in the editing room and they just said, Forget about it, it's just a teaser. They're gonna see the whole enchilada when it comes out in September. So,
0: well, I'm gonna, it's gonna be interesting, we'll, we'll revisit yeah. this when this series does come out, but uh, yeah. you know, it is interesting because I think. I, th- this to me is unacceptable. I don't care how primitive you're going to say the society is, you know, paint, yeah, yeah. glue some other stuff on that gun, make it look a little different, just a little different. Yeah, right, you know? right. Um, so it is. The other thing that I wanted to ask you before we go, too, is that what do you think about them pushing uh, and or... Uh, two. now here's I, I got a couple I, I was doing some research and there's a couple little theories about it. Sure, okay. one is because they're saying that uh, because Disney they have uh, Disney Plus has I am Groot coming out in August and okay. She Hulk <clears throat> okay. they're both uh, they're both in August. Okay, they didn't want to premiere a third series in August, so you know they're thinking they want to stretch it out and maybe have people uh, you know continue their subscriptions. Okay, so they will continue. <clears throat> Uh, that's why they, they held off on the premiere of Andor now. Okay. And pushed it off into September, which actually would carry them by the time the series is over. I think uh, Andor's going to run for two seasons. They have okay. a slater for two seasons right now okay. 12 episodes a season, so 24 total episodes. Okay. By the time I think the first one gets done, close to it, we're going to be right there where Mandalorian's going to start. I think the new season of Mandalorian, if I'm correct. Yeah. So my whole, the whole, the whole thing here is that, you know, basically what's happening is that they're, they're trying to, to work all these shows so that you don't have, you know, just, you know, everything grouped up in one. They want to stretch it out for subscribers subscribers so they don't lose all these guys. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, waiting for, what do you think?
1: Um, I think from a marketing standpoint, that makes sense. I can understand why. I mean, you don't want to, ha- even though star Wars and Marvel are two entirely different entities yeah I mean, you don't want a lot of highly anticipated uh, streaming shows coming out, boom, all at the same time. You don't want a deluge of popular stuff competing with each other, yeah, you know, for viewership for ratings, what have you. But at the same time, I'm like who who cares? Mm. you know, I mean, of all the Star Wars spinoffs that have come out, this one is probably the least anticipated. You know, mm, yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, I was I was practically foaming at the mouth when I found out about Obi-Wan. I could not wait for Obi-Wan to come out. I could not wait for the Mandalorian to come out. And or it's just like, OK, great. It'll come out when it comes out. Well, it's kind of filler. Yeah, exactly. right. I mean, it's,
0: it's filler till you get to the shows you want to see. Right. But exactly.
1: But at the same time, you got to figure too, right?
0: It's I mean, August thirty first. Mm-hmm. You're right there. September anyway. I yeah, mean, exactly. So, let's, so
1: well, yeah, what, uh, what's the big deal? You know, and
0: and, and you're going to drop three episodes. I mean, from the other side of that, yes, mm-hmm. you're going to drop three episodes. So it's like, okay, well, now you just blew through three episodes. Yeah. You know, and now you only have uh, nine more to go yeah exactly so uh, So
1: I I think in the grand scheme of things it really doesn't make a difference yeah yeah. but hey if they want to push it to September fine more power to them (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) so anyway well that that's all we have for you guys this week the music is playing that means we are all (laughs) done with this edition of pardon the intermission this is Jason hey and this
0: is Eric remember to give us a review it helps out the show five stars always the correct number of stars
1: yep like and subscribe Like and subscribe, follow us. You know what you got to do. Thanks so much for being with us, guys. All right. Until next time. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.